DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Well, y'all done came a long way. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for, you know, what everybody else does. And y'all are just the best at what y'all do. This platform, the reach y'all have that you've earned, makes space for somebody like me. You guys have a direct line to the culture. Oh, my God. read about the breakfast club really? every morning that's good you guys are trending every uh, you know i drag my ass out of bed i'm like uh what happened on the breakfast club today get, get your ass up my bad started over my bad Let's try this again. Mike fell on the floor. Pretty much. Good morning, USA. Hey, fam. Hey. Good morning. It's Thursday. Morning, guys. Miss <sighs> Charlemagne. Good I'm not sure. Mm, all right. Yo. Hello. Hello. What's going on over there? I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what that was. What you do yesterday? Anything fun? Uh, me? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I worked. I had to do my lip service podcast, and then I had a coffee uplifts people meeting. Mm -hmm. And then I was just depressed yesterday after the Breonna Taylor, after the results were in, yeah. in court. It was depressing. Yeah, very sad. I'm not gonna lie. Very depressing. Very depressing. A lot to talk about today. And shout out to Toronto. Toronto! Six, six, six. Now, why don't I see anybody else on Revolt? I don't see Can anybody else either. Can you hear me? There we go. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Good morning. Good morning. What was Good morning. going on? What's going what's on? I don't know. I guess we got a show to do. Oh, you mean like, I don't with, with this system? Yeah, what happened? Oh, man. <laughs> man, I don't know, man. My system ain't never all the way correct. I'm tired of being here. I'm tired of being, uh, I told y'all, that's what's tired of Zoom. I can't take it no more. I got to right. wait and see if the Wi-Fi works. Can't do nothing without your Wi-Fi. I feel like a damn robot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about, E? Well, of course, we are going to talk about Breonna Taylor this morning and how she still hasn't received justice. We'll tell you what's going on in Louisville. We'll tell you people's responses uh, to the grand jury's indictment of former Louisville police officer Burke Hankinson. We'll tell you what that indictment means and what's going on with the other officers. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Uh, well, let's start, of course, with Breonna Taylor. And a Kentucky grand jury did indict former Louisville police officer Brett Hankinson. That was on three counts of wanton endangerment in the first degree. And neither he nor the t other two officers who were involved in that encounter were charged in her death. So just to be clear, none of the charges that Brett Hankinson faced have anything to do with killing Breonna Taylor. This all has to do with the bullets that penetrated the wall of the residence and entered a neighboring apartment that was occupied by a child, a man, and a pregnant woman. So Breonna Taylor, there's no charges regarding her killing. Now, uh, even when is. you know, um, even when you know that you know it's not going, it, no justice is going to be served. It, it it doesn't it doesn't hurt any less. Mm 
I'll tell you right. that much. And you could tell just by the way they were setting up Louisville and uh, shutting down the courts and making sure everything was protected. They knew what was coming down yesterday. Now, here is the uh, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron at a news conference following the grand jury's announcements where he talked about the no-knock. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. When officers were unable to get anyone to answer or open the door to apartment four, the decision was made to breach the door. See, so the boyfriend is not considered. The boyfriend is not considered a witness. Wasn't the, the, the boyfriend was in the Kenneth, house? Kenneth Walker. Yeah, yeah Kenneth, Kenneth. If Kenneth says if Kenneth says nobody knocked, his word doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but you know it, what? What bothers me is is who signed off on that warrant? Like, who was the one that sent them to the wrong house? Who was the one that didn't know that the gentleman was already in custody? Who signed off on that? Who allowed them to go into that house? That's that's what I'm. That's why I, I, I don't like. I don't know how he's not charged or that person's not charged because he made a mistake. It was it's clearly a mistake. It was clearly he was sent them to the wrong mistake. house. No, it was clearly but, that he no, 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 didn't no, think no, about no, the they, they, they didn't do the proper no, they, homework. Okay. No, they didn't send him to the wrong house. He he was he was signed off on on a search warrant for um, Rihanna's apartment. They they didn't they didn't but, send him to the wrong house. Wasn't the guy? But in he was already, already in custody. He was already in custody. So a little he, communication I, yes. here. All right, now here's a Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron talking about the investigation. He says it was fair. And so the length of the investigation uh, was a reflection of how important it was that we got this right. We didn't want to rush it, uh, and we did not. These are prosecutors and investigators who don't care about political distinctions, don't care uh, about influence in any particular regard. What they care about is the truth. And we uh, presented that to the grand jury. All right. He also talks about the claims to injustice to the black community. He responds to those claims. What do you say to people who say this is just another example of the black community not getting full justice? I certainly understand the pain that has been uh, brought about by the tragic loss of Ms. Taylor. I understand that as a attorney general who is responsible for all uh, 120 counties in terms of being the chief legal officer, I understand that. I understand that as a black man, how painful this is, which is why it was so incredibly important for make sure that we did everything we possibly could to uncover every fact. Here's the thing for me, man. When officers, you know, I guess make a mistake, I'm putting mistake in air quotes, uh, when you are a, a victim of malpractice like you know, Breonna Taylor was, what's the punishment for the officers? If it's not an arrest, what is it? If I make a mistake here on the radio, there's some type of consequences. Like, what are the consequences? They, they, yeah. Like, they still get to keep their job. They don't, they, they, they don't get suspended without pay. Like, what happens? Like, nothing? Just a life is gone and it's just whatever. And I want to skip ahead to Donald Trump now because everybody was uh, talking about his, quote, response. And here's what he had to say, his message to the black community. What is your message 
to the black community who believe that perhaps justice was not served. Well, my message is that I love the black community and I've done more for the black community than any other president, with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln, and I mean that. Uh, I don't know enough about it. I heard a decision was just made. Uh, we've been together here, and so we haven't discussed it. But after I see what the decision is, I will have a comment on it. Okay. Wow. And here he is talking about the Kentucky Attorney General, Daniel Cameron, who you just heard, and he thinks he's great. Really brilliant uh, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron is doing a fantastic job. I think he's a star. Uh, All right, that is your president. And that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. This up right now is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Rudy. How's it going? How's it going, bro? Get it off Peace your chest. King. Man, I just, I just want to, man, comment on this, this Breonna Taylor situation, man. Like, once an endangerment, it's basically the same thing as reckless murder. I mean, it's reckless shooting, right? So if you shooting recklessly and you kill somebody, how the hell that's not reckless murder, man? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm so sick and tired of this, bro. Like we not asking for nothing, bro. We just asking to be treated like regular people, my. N- I'm sorry, I apologize. Like we just asking to be. You don't gotta, you don't gotta apologize, my brother. You don't gotta apologize. Home, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring six. I have a little girl, bro. You know, and, and I go. I got two boys and a little girl, man. And I be scared for them, man. And I don't know how I don't know how you put me in a position, you know, for you to brutalize my kids and you expect me to suspect them. That's not That's right, real. man. Mm-hmm. That's not right, man. That's it's real. wrong, man. And it's hard, man. I swear to God, I understand, man. I know you you say you have good white people out there, and I, and I, I honestly God believe the truth. But it'd be so hard not to hate them, bro. When you see what the f- going on in this, man. That girl was in her house sleep, man. Right. And they did her like real. that, man. That's f- not right, man. It's right. not right, dog. That's real. Absolutely. All right, man. I just, I just hope the blessings of Allah be upon her and her family, man. You know. Absolutely. Well, thank you for calling, man. brother. Yeah. Appreciate you, King. Love you, King. Hello, who's this? This is Misty. Hey, good morning, Misty. How are you guys? Good morning. Doing well. Get it off your chest. Um, I would like to get off um, Angela and Charlamagne. I would like to get off my chest. Peace. I have one daughter who just graduated from Spelman last year. Mm-hmm. The hurt that I feel for her mother is just unbearable. And at this point in time, they're asking for us to, and I don't promote violence, but I honestly feel like if you do something to my child, you kill her, you think you get to live, how am I supposed to be on this earth without my daughter? So I want America to know how they're creating the Kustarners, the new Nat Turners, by consistently giving us injustice when it comes to the school system, when it comes to the criminal system. Like, at this point, they are leaving us no choice but to protect ourselves. And I agree with Charlemagne. Um, it is time that we get our own guns because it's going to go down. You have a president that's saying he's not going to leave office as if he's a thug when it's time for him yep. to leave. Um, we have to stand up. We have to be strong. And, I, again, I feel so bad for Deanna Taylor's mother considering I have one daughter. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, if he did anything to my baby, your kid will not be able to live and your mom is not going to be able to live. And I'm sorry, but this is what they are 
they're asking us to do. They're, they're now right. telling us you have no choice. You get no justice. So the only justice that I see is if we start raising up like Nat Perth in the Christmas Garners in this world because they're not going to give it to us. Have a good day, guys. You too. You too. That's the first oh, thing I man. thought about was Tamika Palmer, Breonna Taylor's mother. So much love and prayers out to her because this is such a difficult time to have to go through this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in America, this is the energy that you're creating because you're not, uh, you know, you're, not, you're simply not giving folks no justice and you're leaving folks no choice. All right. And you know, every black person, every black person in America absolutely needs to own a legal firearm. That is a form of self-care. Every black person in America needs to own a legal firearm. That is a form of self-care when you are black in this country. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Good morning. This is Trisha. Hey, Trisha, get it off your chest. Hi, good morning, guys. I want to say, start by saying God bless you guys on this beautiful day. Bless you too, Queen. I just want to talk about this situation with Breonna Taylor. It's just very disheartening. And as a black mom, it's just so disappointing to see that her mom is not going to get justice for her daughter. And it's just like, we don't have no trust in our system. We're raising kids in a very, very hard time. It's like you don't know which way to turn. You don't know what to tell your children about right. what's going on, especially if they're young. It's very hard to sit down and have these hard conversations with them. But us as the black community needs to have these hard conversations. We need to expand and let our black children know that the way they're being treated and the things that are happening to them are not okay and it's not right. It's yeah, right because, you be know, honest, I feel like none of us were surprised by... Yeah. The verdict, but a lot of us did still feel disappointed, and we also kind of was like, okay, maybe this time. Maybe this time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I didn't think that at yeah, all. So hard, Not even a little bit. None of us were surprised. I didn't have any in the system. But I still, I, I still it. was praying for for the family and hoping that something good would come out of all this. You know, there were people who were very active in Louisville, occupying Louisville, and protesting and. A lot of things were were happening. The twelve million dollars settlement. You feel like okay, maybe they do realize something. Maybe this is an indication that there will be some justice following that. No. And once again, nothing. Right. I didn't think that all week. I've been telling y'all on this radio all week. Well, then no justice gonna be served in no way, shape, or form. And I really don't understand how people can use this to tell us to vote. Like these types of injustices happen under Democrats, too. Doesn't matter who's in office, locally, nationally. We've been watching police and damn near everyone else get away with these type of injustices towards black people forever. So how is voting going to help that? Somebody got to explain that one to me, too. Like, I, I just don't think using it in a moment like this to say, well, go vote. Like, it's been happening under every administration. Right. Happens locally, happens nationally. How is voting going to change the way white people perceive black people in America? Please tell me that. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now, we got rumors on the way, Yee? Uh, yes, and we'll talk more about Breonna Taylor because we just have to do that this morning, and we'll tell you what some people have been saying. Uh, we'll read you some of LeBron's tweets as well. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Breonna Taylor. 
dignity. This is the rumor report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yes, and because we don't have enough front page news, I want to make sure we address Breonna Taylor all morning. Uh, attorney Ben Crump posted Jefferson Grand County jury indicts former officer Brett Hankinson with three counts of wanton endangerment and first degree for bullets that went into other apartments, but nothing for the murder of Breonna Taylor. This is outrageous and offensive. If Brett Hankinson's behavior was wanton endangerment to people in neighboring apartments, then it should have been wanton endangerment in Breonna Taylor's apartment too. In fact, it should have been ruled wanton murder. Joe Biden tweeted out, even amidst the profound grief and anger today's decision generated, violence is never and can never be the answer. Those who engage in it must be held accountable. Jill and I are keeping the officers shot tonight in Louisville in our prayers. We wish them both a swift and full recovery because, as you know, there were two officers who were shot yesterday during the protests. Uh, Kamala Harris tweeted out tonight, I'm thinking of Breonna Taylor's family who was still grieving the loss of a daughter and sister. We must never stop speaking Breonna's name as we work to reform our justice system, including overhauling no-knock warrants. She goes on to say, Joe Biden and I are keeping the police officers who were shot in Louisville in our hearts, wishing them a swift and speedy recovery. Violence is not the answer, and we must find a way to express our grief, anger, and demands in ways that reflect the world we wish to see. Uh, Bernie Sanders tweeted out, Brianna Taylor's life matter. The result is a disgrace and an abdication of justice. Our criminal justice system is racist. The time for fundamental change is now. Colin Kaepernick tweeted out, the white supremacist institution of policing that stole Brianna Taylor's life from us must be abolished for the safety and well-being of our people. And LeBron said, I've been lost for words today. I'm devastated, hurt, sad, mad. We want justice for Brianna, yet justice was met for her neighbor's apartment walls and not her beautiful life. Was I surprised at the verdict? Absolutely not. But damn it, I was and still am hurt and heavy-hearted. I send my love to Brianna's mother, family, and friends. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The most disrespected person on earth is the black woman. I promise you I'll do my best to change this as much as I can and even more. Love to you queens all over this country and beyond. So those are just some of the tweets that were sent out yesterday. Wow. All right, now so Chance sad, the Rapper is telling people to vote for whoever your mom is voting for. He said this a couple of days ago, and people went in on him on Twitter, and he said, ask your mom who to vote for. Vote for who she say. Your mama been through a lot. Ask them and trust them. What do y'all think about that? I'll be honest with you. I mean, you vote for you woman. I, my mom got some good choices. You know what I mean? There ain't never, there's nothing wrong to go with, with, with mama's opinion, especially if you don't necessarily know about politics and you haven't been paying attention. I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't know who your mom is. Right. My mom a good money. Yeah, it depends on who your mom is, I would say. I think, you know, you encourage people really to vote for whoever you want to vote for. It might be different. than what you, But they were going in on him. And then they went on him for this. He was talking about Justin Bieber's new album. And here, here's what he had to say. This album is really some of the best music I've made. Would you agree? This is no cap at all. I said this to you in Chicago. Damn. It's some of the best music I've ever heard, period. It reminds me of when Michael Jackson made Off the Wall. Everybody that's listening, I am merging it right now. I promise you, it is literally groundbreaking music. So, of course, the headline was Chance the Rapper says that uh, Justin Bieber's album is like Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, but Chance the Rapper was quick to point out he was saying it reminds me of. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that, Chance. You know what I'm saying? Just say the music is fire. Just say the music is dope. Don't compare it to anything. And if you're going to compare it to something, please don't compare it to Michael Jackson off the wall. Because now I am hoping to hear something as good as off the wall. But it's not even about how the record sounds. It's about how the music makes you feel. Off the wall gives us a 
feeling, and it's a feeling that is unmatched because we can all remember what we were doing as kids when we first heard Off the Wall, and we've all got different moments, you know, mm-hmm. hearing Off the Wall throughout the years. That music Justin Bieber's putting out doesn't have that kind of cachet behind it yet, so don't do that to him. Okay, and Michelle Obama was on Conan O'Brien, and she was talking about the beginning of the pandemic, how things were really cool, they were organized uh, with the girls, they would just have all kinds of little fun things and watercolor paintings, and they learned how to play spades, but then she said things went left, and now towards the end of the pandemic, everybody's kind of sick, and the kids are sick of being around them. Listen to this. We've kind of had phases of COVID. There was sort of the early stages where we were all excited to be together and we were being all organized. That went away. And it started, I think, first. Our kids got a little sick of us. I will say in the beginning of this, I was a lot more um, gung-ho about being productive about things in my home. And since then, things have fallen apart. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, front page news, what are we talking about? You know what we're talking about. We got to talk more about Breonna Taylor. I want to discuss this verdict that came down and, uh, you know, just people being really disappointed in what's happening in Louisville and what's happening all over the United States. There were protests here in Brooklyn yesterday that were at the Barclays, and we'll discuss the aftermath. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Download the DraftKings app and use code ENVY to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night in sports, uh, the Heat beat uh, the Celtics. They lead the series 3-1. They won 112-109. Let's get right into it, Yeezy. Yes, Breonna Taylor, a Kentucky grand jury, indicted former Louisville police officer Brett Hankinson, but there were no charges brought up on the other two officers involved in the encounter that killed Breonna Taylor. So the charges against Hankinson are basically, he's facing a maximum of five years in jail. And it specifically states that under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to human life, he wantonly shot a gun into the apartment. So this has nothing to do with Breonna Taylor getting killed. This has to do with him shooting and the bullets penetrating a wall of the residence, entering a neighboring apartment that occupied. So not even the person who was killed in her own home while she was sleeping in bed. These charges are for a neighboring apartment where no one was injured. That's crazy. All right, now, let's listen to the Kentucky Attorney General. Uh, Cameron is talking about these charges and talking about uh, homicide being considered. Did the grand jury ever consider the charges of manslaughter or reckless homicide? I won't get uh, into the specifics again of the the proceedings themselves are, are secret, but what I will say is that our team walked them through every homicide offense and also presented all of the information that was available to the grand jury, and then the grand jury was ultimately the one that made the decision about uh, indicting Detective Hankinson. I, I don't see how you don't at least get a manslaughter charge. Like, like doctors commit malpractice, there's consequences. I say something on this radio, uh, you know, even if it's by accident that I didn't mean to, there's consequences to it. Like, how is there no consequences for killing a young woman right. in her apartment while she's sleeping? Even if it, even yeah, if it was a mistake. 
Of course, once this happened, there was a protest across the United States. And in Louisville, there were actually two police officers who were shot during the protest shortly before the curfew began. There were reports of gunfire near one of the marches. Two of the responding officers were shot. They have non-life-threatening wounds. And there is a suspect in custody. Well, uh, in the, that way, the, the way that a lot of people feel right now, they should be happy that it's not more. And what do you expect? Seriously. Like, you know, if, if, there's, if, if, there's, no, if there's no order... You know what I mean? Because people don't feel like they're get, getting justice. That's the justice system fault, the so-called justice system. Yeah, but we can't, they, people can't run around and start shooting random people. That's the whole Innocent point. People and people that's what we're trying to tell the police. That's what we're trying to tell the police officers, yeah, too. No, that's I, I the agree, whole but point. We, but we just can't start shooting random people back. All right, listen, I agree with you, but what do you expect? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, seriously, I, how do you keep putting this kind of energy out, keep not giving people justice and then expect people not to be upset. I'm not going to tell somebody how they should express their pain. People are hurt. Hurt people hurt people. People are upset. People are angry. People are venting. People are frustrated. People at the the, the end of their rope. Now, Donald Trump tweeted out, uh, praying for the two police officers that were shot tonight in Louisville, Kentucky. The federal government stands behind you and is ready to help. And then he also said law and order. But he didn't say nothing about prayers to the family of Breonna Taylor. Exactly. Or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Nobody needs to be hurting anybody no. at a time like this. All right. Now, Donald Trump also was questioned during a press conference yesterday about whether he will leave the White House peacefully if he loses the election. And here's what happened. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transferal of power after the election? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I understand that, but people are rioting. Do you commit to making sure that there's a peaceful transferal of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very very peaceful... There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation... I mean, I've been telling y'all, I've been telling y'all on this radio for about a year and a half that the fastest in the White House uh, was not leaving. That man is going to retain power through voter suppression. They're going to purge voters, especially in inner cities. They're going to suppress mail-in voting. You already see them suppressing registration rolls. They're going to limit physical polling locations, especially in areas with a high black population. The man is telling you he's not leaving peacefully, and he's telling you just throw away the absentee ballots. Don't count the ballots, and we won't have to worry about whether or not there'll be a peaceful transition of power. By the way. He benefits from the chaos. All of this recklessness in the streets right now, all of this, everything out of order. Now he, he can really say, oh, I'm the law and order president. I'm going to maintain order. No, you actually caused the chaos by not giving Americans what they deserve, which is justice in a situation right. like Breonna Taylor. But he's going to benefit from it. Because now they're going to run these images on Fox News over and over and over. They're going to be in Donald Trump ad and Donald Trump commercial saying, oh, this is Joe Biden's America. No, this is just America, period. And it's going to be America as long as this crooked system is in place. It doesn't need to be reformed. It needs to be overhauled. Since Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, they said there was a surge in voter registration. Uh, They said that uh, Vote.org saw more than 40,000 new voter registrations on Saturday and Sunday, which is a 68% increase from the prior weekend. That's good. Once again, I really don't understand how you how you use this situation to tell people to vote because these type of injustices happen under Democrats too. It doesn't matter who's in office, locally, nationally. We've been watching police and damn near everybody else get away with these type of injustices towards black people forever. So you got to explain to me how voting is going to change well, that. In most places you vote for your attorney general and you vote for local officials 
And then you have to hold them accountable. It's not just voting, but also being involved. And so it is important who you vote for. Uh, I you hope so. Vote for so, your but governor who it... might appoint the attorney general in some states. Some states you vote for your attorney general. So it is important to make sure you tell people to vote. Because it's whole... who, who you want to represent you. And I'm not saying that that person has to be a Democrat or a Republican, but at least know who you're voting for and who has your yeah, interest. Absolutely. You, yeah, we should definitely be registered voting. And people should be voting I... not just for the presidency, like you said, for, for all places, for mayors, for... Uh, district attorneys for all that. Yeah, absolutely. We should be so, registered. So, so, so throughout the history of America, how can we always see this, this, this type of scenario played out over and over and over and over again? Then? A lot of times because people I don't, think, don't vote. I don't, I, a lot of, there's, I we do need more people to register to vote and to participate in the process. And we also need more people to be encouraged to run for these offices. Yeah, and a lot of times we don't even know who's in our local offices. Like, like, mm -hmm. let's be honest. A lot of times we don't know who's in our local offices. You know what I mean? We need to well, start doing We need to start doing our yes. homework. And I think we need people that are in these uh, local offices that are willing to overhaul the system, not reform it, because this system is not for us. When they, did, when, when they defined justice for all, black people were not included. And that's right. why I encourage uh, people to run for office. And, and if you know somebody who you think would be an, an incredible mayor or chief of a city police department, encourage them to run for office. Let them know that you'll support them and strategize. It's not just always the process is these are our candidates, but maybe you know people who you think that person would be a great candidate. Be involved. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Now, when we come back, the author of Open Mike, Mike Hill, will be joining us. All right. You probably seen him on Fox Sports and a host of other platforms, but he'll be joining us ESPN, next. ESPN. He's engaged to Cynthia Bailey on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So we'll see him. We'll talk to him next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now, the author of Open Mic, which is available right now. Mike Hill, ladies and gentlemen. What's Mike, what's up, King? What's How's it going? That's black and highly favored. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Yee, I see you. Thank you for representing me. Appreciate that. What's up, Mike, man? I'm, you know, reading this book, I'm like, you've really come a long way. <laughs> Uh, I have. I, I had to, you know, people are going to look at a lot of the transgressions that I had in my life, but hopefully they look at the transformation, uh, the things I went through in my life, seeing uh, domestic violence growing up, finding out that my stepfather was a, a, a contracted killer, <laughs> uh, going through my marriages and all the stuff that I went through when I was at ESPN, Fox Sports, that led me to actually where I am right now when it comes to um, being involved with the lady I'm with right now. So it's, it's been a journey, but I'm happy I took that journey. Now, you Mike, grew up you know, in the Bronx actually... and Alabama, correct? Yeah, I was born in the Bronx. I'm always going to be a New York dude, but uh, Alabama is where my roots are. You know, that's where uh, my formative years of my life. So I call myself a, a kind of a country boy, kind of like Charlemagne and Monk's Corner down in South Carolina. Yes, sir. Kind of the same kind of background and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of you know, crazy for me because, you know, people think you grew up in the Bronx, that's where you're going to find a lot of trouble and whatnot, but I found more trouble when I was in Alabama because you got to understand when I grew up down there, it was the start of the crack era. And so a lot of the country boys down there was doing a lot of crazy stuff. And a lot of my friends got caught up in a lot of the drugs and whatnot. One of my best friends got killed in the drive-by shooting. One of my other friends was, um, you know, uh, armed robbery, spent 27 years of his life in prison and all that type of stuff. So a lot of the things that they grew up with, I grew up with, I just, had some of the better decisions. I had some people in my life that kind of could put me on the right track or I could have been doing the same thing that they're doing right now or what they were doing. Right. You know, Mike, you, you did something that, that I did, and, and I think all men eventually have to be intentional about doing. You went and you, uh, you started doing the work on yourself to get some healing. 
and some wholeness. Yeah, yeah. When were you able to identify that you had traumas you needed to deal with and, 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 and that you needed to go get help? You know, what's crazy is it wasn't until I actually started writing this book. This book was my therapy. I didn't even realize that I had so many traumas and pains and anger and depression that was built up inside me until I started writing this book. Then it became my therapy. I just know that at the age of 47, when I started writing this book, that I seemed on the outside that I was happy. I was living a great life. My job was wonderful. You know, I was telling everybody I was happy, the, the, the happiest I had ever been in my life professionally and personally. But I would find myself at home just crying uncontrollably for no reason whatsoever. I'd be on the road with the Clippers when I was working with them, and I would just have, you know, just tears just coming out of my eyes for whatever reason. And something told me I needed to write this book. So when I started writing this book, it felt like I was regurgitating. It just felt like everything started coming out of me at once. And I realized that I had all this stuff, all this trauma and all this pain that I had suppressed for so many years. And I think that's what we do uh, as black men. You know, we suppress those, the anger and all that depression and all that pain, and I had to let it go. When I finally was able to let it go, I always call that like my surgery. And when I had the surgery, of course, you know how it is. I got to be rehabilitation after the surgery, and that was when my therapy came in. So I realized that, you know, for 47 years, I was a boy acting like a man, and it wasn't until I actually wrote this book that I stepped into my manhood, and now I'm still kind of uh, continuing that journey. Yeah, it's interesting when you put everything together all at once, because obviously, you know, as long as you've been on this earth, we're reading this book and then we're going through all these experiences that you went through. Um, you know, you joined the military, which that was something about you I didn't even know, you know, yeah. prior to meeting you. And that's quite an experience already. And then you got married at a pretty young age, just and it was kind of for selfish reasons. Right. Yeah. Everything was for selfish reasons for me all growing up. You know, like I, I didn't know. I didn't have any male role models in my life. I didn't know how to live my life. I just had to kind of go day by day seeing other people doing what they were doing. And I figured like, if they could do it, I could do it. Somebody my age or whatnot. And then uh, getting married at an early age because I saw one of my best friends in the military who was married with a kid and he was making more money. So all the other stuff that I went through, it was because I saw other people doing or whatnot. And I didn't have the right people in my life basically kind of guided me along the way, giving me that guidance that I need. And that's why I wanted to put this out there, because if you can find yourself a positive male role model or just a positive role model, period, somebody that can take you under their wings and whatnot to give you the direction and give you uh, some of the advice that I never received when I was younger, I hope that you can understand and look at my life and say, you know what, he made some of the mistakes that I'm still making right now, and I can go and get the help and the therapy that Charlemagne was talking about that I need so that you can turn your life around at an earlier age and stop affecting your life. Because when you affect your life, you also affect the others around you too. And that's what people don't realize is that you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting a lot of the other that's people right. that are, are living. Yep. Now earlier, did you so say your dad was a, con a contractor? Your stepdad was a contractor killer? Yeah, yeah. I found. How that. did you find that out? I knew, yeah, I found that out when I came back from the military. I was uh, just hanging out with him. I knew he had done some things in the past and whatnot. Uh, obviously, when I was in the military, there was a story I, I wrote about when uh, I got a call when I was in the Philippines and he got uh, he had killed somebody uh, and they came and raided the house, whatever. I'm halfway around the world and I can't do anything about it or whatnot. He got off on that because of uh, self-defense, so they say. Uh, but everybody kind of know what the real story was, to be honest with you. And then when I got home, he was kind of at his lowest point and uh, my mom had left him. And I'm sitting on the porch with him, basically trying to save this man. And I'm talking to him, and he's telling me all the things that he had done. And he just basically kind of confessed it and then followed up 
talking to a lot of his friends or whatever, uh, I found out all that type of stuff was true. But, you know, even my dad, my stepdad, I, I don't want to kind of come down on him or whatever. He was a loving man, cared about me. He took me. I got his, 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 his last name because he adopted me when I was 15 years old, and he loved me. He just had issues. So this is the main thing that I want to get people to understand about this book is that we as black men need help. And we can't be afraid to ask for that help. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to cry. It's okay to say, you know what, my life right now ain't shit. It ain't, it, it ain't going the way it's supposed to go. So mm -hmm. I need somebody to, to, to reach out to and understand and, and somebody to reach back to me to, to give me the help that I needed. So I wish that my father would have gotten the help that he needed at an earlier age. Somebody would have pulled him in and basically told him, you know what, the, the, the path you're going down right now isn't going to lead you anywhere. Uh, it's going to lead you to devastation, destruction. You're going to hurt a lot of people around you, just like he did. And, and maybe he would have um, worked out okay, but unfortunately it didn't because he spent the last nine years of his life in prison for murder for hire, and you'll see why. And it was a terrible story why yes. he did that too as well. All right, we got more with Mike Hill. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Mike Hill. Charlemagne? Did you receive any backlash from anybody when you decided to go to therapy? Because, you know, every if you if you go on YouTube right now, all you see is, oh, Charlemagne talks about his mental health and going to therapy. Everything isn't about therapy. You know, I don't, give, I don't care. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's my life, you know. And, and yeah, I understand, Charlemagne. I got I got to be honest with you. Reading your book actually helped me out a lot, too, because when I see you use your platform and basically admit that you had some mental health issues or whatnot and that you weren't afraid to, to go and get the help that you needed. That was huge to use your platform that way. And I encourage anybody with a platform, I don't care if you got 10 followers, you got 10 million followers. If you know you need some kind of help in any kind of way, please ask for it. So the people that do come out and basically say, you know, oh, you emotional, you crying, you, you know, calling your little names, whatever I want to call you, whatever. I don't care. I, I'm at a point in my life where my mind, my life, and the people around me matter more than anything in the world. So if you don't want to get the help that you need and you want to kind of dog me out for it, I pray for you. And I pray that you get the help That's because right. I think when you do do things like that, when you troll or you try and throw some kind of hate or disparaging remarks at somebody that's trying to get mental health, those are the main ones that actually need it. So uh, right. I'm here to help you out. I'm here to make you a better person. So all I can do is use my platform and, and, and use whatever notoriety I have to basically set myself as an example and hopefully somebody can follow suit. Now, Mike, I got to ask you a couple of questions because you were very transparent yeah. about some things in this book. Okay, so, yeah. and I know that wasn't easy because there's some stories that you told that I'm like, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. there's something in here that you said because uh, you said when somebody asks you during a Q&A, maybe you'll answer that question. So, let's ask you that question right now. There was an okay. incident with your ex-wife, Camille, where you stayed out all night. She was trying yeah. to call you and you told her you were in the hospital. You know how men lie. Either they're in the hospital or they yeah. got arrested. That's how that's yeah. how they excuse things, and she you, she couldn't reach you. You actually because uh, you told her that you actually checked into the hospital and yeah, pretended to have an asthma attack, and then you faxed her some proof over, but you had to change yeah. the time and everything that you checked in. Now you said, "I bet you want to know where I really was." Maybe I'll answer this as part of a Q and A after the book comes out if someone brings it up. But we're bringing it up here. Where were you that night yeah. when you told your ex that you Can were in the shoot. hospital? You're you supposed to be my girl, man. I've been known as long as that. That's okay. I get it. I'm glad you read that part. You know, and this was before we were actually married. So I was actually still technically right. single. But, you know, um, yeah. But in a relationship. I was, across, I was Yeah, I was across the street 
uh, hanging out with somebody I shouldn't have been hanging out with or whatnot. When I got back home, my phone was ringing off the hook. My my ex was like a detective. She was one of those women, like, if you were missing for, like, five minutes, she was going to call you or whatever. And uh, when I got back home, I had, like, 12 missed calls and 13 messages, to be quite honest with you. So I was, yeah, I was doing dirt. I was doing a lot. But because I liked her enough and we had gotten that deep into the relationship, I went to the extent of acting like I was sick, which, once again, I am not proud of acting like I was sick, <laughs> acting like I was in the hospital like I had just gone to the hospital or whatever and I had to go to the emergency room and she said prove it so <laughs> I you had to, to go, go to the hospital. <laughs> that's how you know you really care is that a is that effective when a woman is on you like that when you know that you had a tendency you know previously to stray right does that work when women are constantly on you and like having you check in you think that's an effective way Nah, it, it not for me. It, it because the person I'm with right now, and like I've gotten past all that stuff that I used to do in my life. Shout out I to Cynthia. Down. Yes, Cynthia, and and I finally settled down, and I'm I want to do it the right way. Like I said, I stepped into my manhood. But for me, when I want to do right, and when I've told you about my past, like obviously everybody knows about my past, and I just want you to give me an opportunity. I don't need you on top of me all the time, you know, basically telling me, you know, or asking where I am and whatnot, checking my DMs or checking my phone and things like that. I think for me, for my personality, I think that pushes me away. I can understand why somebody would do it, but if you say you trust me, trust me. You know what I mean? Give me an opportunity to prove that I'm doing something wrong. Now, if you, uh, I give you uh, a reason for you not to trust me, then I understand being on probation or being checked up on. But, you know, I need a wife. I need somebody that's going to be with me. I don't need a CEO. I don't need, right. I don't need a correctional officer. I don't need that. You know, so, and I definitely don't need a parole officer because, you know what, I've never gone to your prison. You know what I mean? So I'm coming out. I'm not on probation for you. We're supposed to be in a relationship. Just trust me like you say you are. I'm not going to lie. I think I kind of need a CEO. Just a little bit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Keep you in place. I just, little, I, just, I just need a little bit of direction. That's all. That, that's it. Nothing crazy. Well, if you know that, I mean, but it, that's okay. If you know that, that's, that's cool. You know, I understand. You know, if you got a woman that's, you know, doesn't mind checking up on you and you don't mind showing her uh, where you've been, that's fine. But here's the thing. What I've learned also is that it is also our jobs to make sure that they are secure. So if don't I want to feel like that five or 10 minutes or whatnot, I am the type of person that, you know what, let me get on the phone. If I'm hanging out with, uh, there's a woman with me, I'm going to FaceTime my girl and let her know who I'm hanging out with, how many people I'm hanging out with. And I don't leave out details. That's the growth that I've had over the years. Now, like Troy I said, D. I was doing my dirt back in the day, the infidelities or whatever. I admit all that, you know, that's just, you know, me growing up. But at the same time, I've come a long way and now I want to make my girl as secure as possible. Yeah, you know, as a woman, we don't want to feel me. we don't want to feel that way. We don't want to feel like I gotta check, make sure he checks in. Where is he? I don't want to call my man and be like, okay, he's not answering the phone. He must be doing something. I want to call him, and if he doesn't answer, be like, hey, hit me when you get this, and feel comfortable. Yeah, but at the same time, if I'm at work, or if I tell you I'm on an interview and I don't answer the phone right away because I'm on the air, I'm doing television, I'm doing a radio show, and you kind of know that, and you blowing me up, and you blow me up five or six times, and I finally answer, and the first thing you say, what the f you been? What you know, that, that's yeah, that's why you kind of yeah. react a yeah. certain way because you know what I'm doing my job. I'm not doing somebody else, so you got to give me a little bit of leeway. That's all. You know, men, we don't even know our habits, man. I remember back in the day when I used to be, used to have my dick in the dirt. My wife would always say to me, um, "When I know you, when I know you're messing around with a woman, is women that I don't know." Meaning, like, like all my, a lot of my, most of my, all my female friends, she knows. 
So if she's never met her, yeah. I've never introduced her to, to introduce her to the person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but see, I think that's important. So I got a lot of female friends. The majority of my friends are females. I just always got along better with females. Doesn't mean that I'm out there, you know, being them down or whatnot. It just means that we got Same. a lot of platonic friends with us. They look at me mm -hmm. like an uncle. They look at me like a big brother. I give them advice a lot of times. But one Same. thing that's for sure, if I got a female friend, my fiance Cynthia has that female friend as well. If I'm hanging Absolutely. out with her, mm -hmm. she knows I'm hanging out with her. So once again, that mm -hmm. comes with part of just making your girl feel secure, especially mm -hmm. if you have that past, because you want to make sure that you build up that trust and whatnot. And a lot of times some people do it, and I'm going to be honest with you, some people do it because they want to, you know, they, they might have somebody still doing dirt or whatever. But I'm at a point in my life, like I said, I've done all this stuff, man. I, mm -hmm. I don't, don't judge me for the transgressions. Look at me for my transformation. I've grown up and I realized all the mistakes I made in the past. I want to leave those in the past because I want to have a bright future with somebody right. I can grow with. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Mike Hill. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Mike Hill. Charlemagne? Your fiancé said you probably never would have proposed and she wouldn't have said yes if you didn't get the help you needed. So so what traumas do you think were holding you back from being the man you, you are now? Yeah, I was. I didn't trust anybody. I mean, there was something that happened to me. You read the book. There was something that happened to me when I was 15 years old with a, with a young lady. And a lot of people was like, man, you held on to that for 30 years. Yes. Tell me, you understand. We as men sometimes hold on to traumas for a long period of time. And because Wait, when you yeah. told her that you what when I, you told her you loved her and she didn't say it back that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was it. I mean, like she, and she well, she just not only did she not say it back. She looked at me like I was freaking crazy. You know what I mean? And right. First, and then dated someone else. <laughs> The first time I'm, I told a woman that I loved her, and she tells me, she looks at me and like, let's go. And then two days later, she's with somebody else who happened to actually be a friend of mine or whatnot. And I didn't even realize we had broken up. I felt that hurt. I Damn. felt that pain. And, and I didn't want to feel that again. So for a long time, I could not trust women. And after a while, I couldn't trust myself. So until I started loving myself, mm -hmm. I could never fall in love with another woman. I could love somebody. I love the women that I married before, the mother of my children. Don't get me wrong. But there's a difference in loving somebody and falling in love. I could never completely fall in love because I couldn't trust them. But more importantly, I couldn't trust myself until I actually wrote this book. Wow. Mike, I'm sorry you know, if I'm giving away some spoilers also, but I just want to, <laughs> there's a lot to this book, so I just, I do want to, you know, okay. give away little bits and pieces. But I think that is important. You know, she's 15 years old. I love you. And she's, you know, she at that age, like, was there anybody to talk to? Like could, you know, could, was there people to talk to during that time when you said I love you and, and she didn't say it back? Was there anybody to say that, you know what, let me, because we don't have these conversations. We're just starting to have these conversations now. But was there anybody that you could speak with? You just talked no, over Mike saying she looked at me like she farted in my mouth. Yeah, that's, he looked at me like, yeah, like I farted, like I farted in her mouth. Like, <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that's all Charlemagne heard. He was, Charlemagne didn't <laughs> nothing like, over that. I heard everything. I'm just like, how you how you talk over that? Like, look, I didn't hear that. That, that, that was that was the reaction. You know what I mean? So when you <laughs> reaction, the first, just imagine the first time you pure and the way I described it, man, I felt like I was in the moment, like Luther. I don't even know who was playing in the background, but it was just like this was like something out of a love story. I'm like, you know what? Looking at her, she's beautiful. She's two years older. She's a senior. I'm a sophomore. I'm like. I love you. I did it just like that, real smooth. That's my mind. The light skin moment right there. There you go. I love you. You know what I mean? That's why I said I really said it real smooth. She looked at me like, so I remember that, and that hurt, that pain or whatever. So, like you said, there was nobody for me to talk to. There was nobody I could go to. 
my biological father wasn't around. My stepfather, mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to him about loving anybody because I never saw him love my, my mom. I never saw them. I never saw love in a household. So I didn't have anybody that was a positive male role model that I could actually talk to about that. And if I talked to them, they would say things like, F them hoes. Seriously. Man, right. man, you ain't, man, you ain't supposed to love them anyway. That's exactly right, the right, type right. of attitude and that I got. I, Mike, I swear I was about to say that to you. What's interesting about that is she broke your heart. And when the other options are bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks, money over bitches, mm-hmm. them hoes, when the option is disrespect, you adopt that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's what you see growing up as a kid, man. And and so that's why, once again, I wanted the people to see my pain and see the things that I've gone through in my life. A lot of things, like Angela just said, some embarrassing moments that, you know, it's hard for me to talk about or whatever at the same time, but I wanted to put that out there because if you can heal from my pain, then, then that's my journey. And that's what I'm supposed to be doing on this earth. That's my purpose in life. One more tease I want to give, and I'm not going to give this story because I want to make sure everybody reads this book, but you're going to love this, Charlemagne. There was even an incident that you talk about where you got hit on the face or in the head with a penis. Why is Charlemagne yeah. going to love that? Did that happen to you too, Charlemagne? But explain, Mike, go ahead. So, so That's a this tease. is when I was starting my broadcasting career, and I was an intern. And we was in a just say we was in a tight locker room. I was holding a <laughs> microphone, talking to somebody while I was on my knees because the the, the the locker room was real tight. And when I turned around, let's just say I turned around, and another microphone hit me on my forehead right there because you know the, wow. the, the players were so close to each other. And the guy said, "Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. You know what I mean." So, but you know, yeah, that 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 was a really and thank you, Angela. I appreciate. I that. probably would have left that. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but that was Wait, that was important for me to say too because that was part of my broadcasting career. That was right. like my introduction. I, I probably was, I was about to quit. Ah, <laughs> uh, you hey, you won't be the first person to start a broadcasting career because they got a d- on their head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you say after he says I'm sorry? What do you say? All right, you get up. On- I, I mean, I, you know, this. Well, he's a, he was a superstar in the NBA. All I can do is like, well, well damn, at least it was his. All right, who we talking about, Mike? Who we talking about, Mike? He wouldn't say. I'm pretty sure his has uh, been, you know, a lot of faces have been slapped by that penis. I'm just saying. Does it matter if it's a superstar or a scrub? If it was a scrub, would you get more mad? Is it a Hall of Fame? He's a Hall of Famer. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame. Yeah. But, you know, Mike, what you're doing with your book is great, man, because we have to create space for each other to discuss our brokenness and discuss our traumas without being canceled. You know, yes, if you were a person, you probably hurt people. And, you know, we got to create spaces to have these conversations. We have to give each other the grace we want God to give us. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys giving me the platform to be able to talk about that because, like you said, Charlamagne, I appreciate you using your platform to basically get that word out that we can't be ashamed. We got to stop manning up. If we continue to man up, sooner or later it's going to be manned down. I mean, six feet down because I keep telling people, had I not written this book, I would be dead right now. Think about this. As black people, every single person in this country has had to deal with some kind of trauma. We're dealing with trauma right. right now. Basically, when you're afraid to get in your car and get stopped by the police, that's trauma. That's mm-hmm. pain. Feel free to talk about that type of stuff and not be ashamed of it because being a man is admitting that you have problems and you need help with those problems. And that's what I'm here for, man. That's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to keep on using my platform for that regard.
Another takeaway right. from this book is a lot of people see you as the successful Mike Hill now, but they don't know how long it took for you to get there and all the trials and tribulations that you had to have, even getting fired, having to mm -hmm. dumb yourself down to be on a network and not show your real personality, feeling betrayal, mm -hmm. all of those things at work and how hard it is to just keep going when things aren't working out. And I think that's a really huge, valuable takeaway for people. It's not an overnight thing. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because part of the book is about my professional growth and my development and the things, like you said, that I had to go through and having to basically, I lost myself. I mean, to get a dream job at ESPN and then basically be told, you know, at one time that I was being too ghetto, you know, and one of the reasons why I wasn't moving up is being too ghetto. And, and you know, I, I, I was talking about Envy the other day when Envy came out and he was talking about what somebody at, at a network basically told him that he wasn't black enough. So, I've been that, that guy that in a lot of places that I've been, I've been too black for some people. I've been too ghetto, so to speak, for some people. And I've been too white for other people. I've been corny or whatnot. So I'm kind of in between and it's kind of hard. So once you realize who you are and you step into who you are and you don't care what other people think, it's right. so liberating. But going through what I went through in my life, being fired, like you said, for whatever reasons I got fired and you'll see it in the book or whatever, the ups and downs at ESPN and then losing my personality and losing who I was, can't look myself in the mirror and, and realize that I, I lost who Mike Hill was. I mean, that was tough and I finally got that back. So you'll see the, the transgressions and the transformation that I had with my professional career as well. Absolutely. Well, appreciate yeah. you, brother, for checking in, man. We really do. And Absolutely. Definitely show him the bookie. Open, Open Mike and by the way, Mike Hill. Mm-hmm. Mike Hill will be doing Angela Yee's book club, the well-read book club. So I appreciate you for that. We'll be announcing that date uh, shortly. Well, I got one more question, though, because I know you've been doing the work on yourself. So your ego isn't as fragile as it used to be. But when you saw the headline a couple weeks ago that your fiance said she's been having horrible quarantine sex with you, <laughs> how, did that, how, did that, how did that hit for you? You know, it, it, it didn't it didn't affect me whatsoever because I know what I'm doing in the bedroom, bro. So I know what it's <laughs> I know I know I'm putting it down, dog. I mean look, I, hey, bro, yeah. The reviews are okay, to be quite honest with you. So like you know how clickbait is and if you read the article <laughs> Yeah, that's not what she was saying. Was she was talking she was talking about more the circumstance, the environment. Right. Yeah, yeah, because our kids were in the house, so man, she couldn't, you know, she couldn't get a scream on, man. My girl, like, you know, she said, yeah, long, bro, you know. <laughs> you come a long way from the, right spot, from the beginning of, of this book when you were hunching and uh, releasing just from that, so congrats on that. Great. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks, King. Thank you, Charlie. All right, this Mike Hill is the Breakfast thank Club. You, Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Mariah Carey. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Mariah did a sit-down with Oprah, and this is all about her new book. She did an interview for the Oprah Conversation, and she talked about some of the stories that she is sharing in her memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey. That is coming out on September 29th. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on September 29th, by the way. That's the first debates between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It's also my brother's birthday. And okay. she discussed as many things, including growing up biracial and what that experience was like. 
It wasn't that I didn't like my hair when it was behaving, but as I grew up a little bit, it went from baby hair to like matted, unruly hair that nobody was combing through or understanding that you can't have a little girl running around with mats in her head. I feel like I was hated on by certain people in my family for having the lighter hair. and But then if they only realized like, no, actually I have like matted hair, which is frizzy and curly and like it could look good if we had some conditioner. So your no. mother didn't know what to do with it and many times she just let it go. She also discusses dating Derek Jeter and how that helped her get over her relationship and get out of her relationship with Tommy Matola. He was a catalyst that helped me get out of that relationship. And I think that it was beautiful and his family was a healthy family. And they changed my viewpoint that, oh, it's because of the biracial situation that my family's so screwed up, as opposed to it's them, you know? And, and yes, those things did play a huge part in their dysfunction, but it was healthy for me to see a functional family that basically kind of looked like mine, but didn't feel like mine. And then she talks about her twins, the kids, and how they help her. They help to heal me every day. Every time we have a moment that feels real and authentic and genuine, and it's them loving me unconditionally. Um, the only other time I finally like, got it. You finally yes. got it. You know, I am actually interested in reading Mariah Carey's book. Me too. I really am. Yeah, me you know, too. Uh, ever since the time Mariah Carey came into the Breakfast Club <laughs> studios and she was in full diva mode and she had her own lighting team and she made that's us right. turn our lights down and set hers up. And when we said to her, well, you're not going to be able to see us, she said, that's the point, darling. I've always liked her. I like people who are unapologetically themselves, even if themselves is a total diva. Now, isn't DJ Sus One Mariah's DJ also? Yes, DJ Sus One belongs to Wendy Williams. Now, you must not know how this works, ye. <laughs> okay. How does this work, Charlotte? You've been there. Wendy before. has a leash around Sus One, all right? Okay, until that leash is off, he belongs to Wendy. That's how this works. Sus will realize that when he tries to... He's getting all the money. All right, well, you better, well she, he, he better hope Mariah and Wendy have a good relationship because if Mariah don't come to Wendy's show to promote that book, Wendy will be quick to say, F Mariah and Sus, you better not go on the road with her. Wow. So is that how it works? Is that how you sat on her lap? She has a leash on you and... and That's right. <laughs> you ain't see that little tug? Sit down. Come down. Sit down. Okay. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah. Little tame puppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, now John Legend says that he and Chrissy Teigen go to therapy. And he also said that therapy and communication are some of the factors that has helped their marriage last Uh, He said, it sounds obvious, but being with someone you really care about, respect, and enjoy being around, I think that's the crucial foundation. Then communicating, being considerate, listening to your partner, and making sure their needs are met. And we go to therapy sometimes. I think every couple who's been together for a long time could use time to talk with a third party to help with whatever concerns they have. And this was with Cosmopolitan UK. I agree with you. Do you all go go to therapy with your other half? I've been to a couple of therapy before. I've been before a, a, a long time ago, but... um. We still, there's people that we speak with when we have conversations or is this a disagreement, but nah, I mean, we, we have a, you know, you know what helps us a lot? And I'll be honest, the taping the podcast, podcast with each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. That podcast does everything. Cause every week we talk about what's going on You'll in our relationship or things that happen. And we just sit down and talk to each other. There's no arguments. It's just discussion and communication. So that podcast helps a lot. I love it. I do want to add couples therapy to the repertoire though. I mean, I've been before and, you know, I go individually every week, but I, 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 I yeah, I think couples therapy is great. What's wrong right, with now, Felicia, Felicia Rashad has joined social media. She put up a video 
and told her fans that she's there. I told my sister, Debbie, there are so many Twitter, Facebook, Instagram accounts with my name already on it. Why should I do this? She said, yeah, Vish, but they're not the real you. So this is the real me talking to the real you. And I'm looking forward to posting about things that matter. Was the video upside down? She had it together? It was good? Why would you try to play her like that? I'm just saying. All right, she said, good morning. I want to give a shout out to our young people who are navigating education via the virtual classroom and to the teachers, parents, grandparents, family members, and friends who are helping them to do it. Bless you all. So she posted that message also. I'll follow. Felicia Rashad is a beautiful woman, by the way. Her throwback Thursday picture. Super talented. Fire. Shut up, man. I'm telling you, today is to Felicia Rashad, the day to shine. You hear me? I bet you right now, if she throws up about five or six good throwback Thursday pictures, her she'll crack a million followers today. I'm telling you. Let me see what she's up to, because as soon as she posted that, she had like 40,000 right away. She has, oh, 59,000 right now. Okay. Throwback Thursday, right. I'm telling you. It's your time to shine, Miss Rashad. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Um, I'm going to give donkey of the day to the Jefferson County Grand Jury and attorney Daniel Cameron. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have no answers for y'all this morning. Um, I, I just feel like venting. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Enter for a chance to win two high-end cell phones with 12 months of service and $2,500 thanks to Simple Mobile. Simple Mobile, out with the old, in with the simple. To enter and get rules, visit breakfastclubonline.com. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed question. So like a donkey. Yeehaw, okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> Club, now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the Day for Thursday, September 24th goes to the Jefferson County Grand Jury and attorney Daniel Cameron in Kentucky. Uh, whoever else was responsible for making sure, for ensuring that justice was not served in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor, this donkey is for you too. Uh, if you haven't heard, a Jefferson County Grand Jury Wednesday indicted one of the officers, Brett Hankinson on three counts of first-degree wanton endangerment because jurors said several bullets he fired inside Taylor's apartment March 13th went into a neighboring apartment where a pregnant woman, a man, and a child were home. But neither him nor Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly or Detective Miles Cosgrove were charged with killing Breonna Taylor, an unarmed black woman. Um, Look, I I wasn't expecting any type of justice. This is America. Okay, when justice is served, I'm shocked, pleasantly surprised, joyful even, which is whack because we should never celebrate people for doing what they are supposed to do. But when justice isn't served, I honestly don't know what I am. Each case is different. Each case feels different. Uh, I was talking to my dear sister Angela Rye last night, and I told her I just, I just feel bad. Okay, I feel humanly helpless. Because at the end of the day, as a black man in America, I just want to win. That's all we want. You know, and winning to me isn't being the richest. It's not being the most successful. Winning to me is just being free. What does that mean? I don't know. 
Winning to me is just simply receiving liberty, equality, and justice. You know, those democratic values they tell us about. Those three words are supposed to represent basic values of democratic political systems. At the bare minimum, a human in this country should be able to get liberty, equality, and justice. But we know that's not the case when you're black. All right? Democratic values are supposed to support the belief that an orderly society can exist in which freedom is preserved, but order and freedom must be balanced, right? So when you see all this civil unrest in the street right now after verdicts like Breonna Taylor happen and people are acting out of order, it's because there's no balance, all right? Order and freedom must be balanced. There will never be order when a people are not free. And it's hard to feel truly free when you don't feel protected, when you know at any moment in this country you're human, rights can be violated. So we keep talking about our civil rights being violated. Let me tell you something. In order for one to respect our civil rights, they have to respect our human rights, which is my right to simply live. Okay? What does this country say? My What does this country say? Uh, I think it's my, my right to life and liberty. That BS. Uh, th- this country says everyone is entitled to these rights without discrimination. <laughs> well, where that's at? Why I don't feel that way? I'm a black man. If it wasn't for my faith in a higher power and my right to bear arms, I would never feel safe in this country. And that's what I mean when I say I want black people to win. A win to me is us as black people feeling protected. Okay? Hard to feel like that when you live in the United States of anxiety. Okay? I want black people to feel like we matter. I want us to be able to, you know, deal with our generational traumas and heal. But we are not ever able to do that because we keep getting re-traumatized over and over in this country. This country will always remind us that black lives simply don't matter. I got a beautiful black wife, three beautiful black daughters. I am a black man. I just, you know, think about it. Today we mad about Breonna Taylor. We still mad about George Floyd. You've got Ahmaud Arbery, but all those names are interchangeable with Sandra Bland, Walter Scott, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Natasha McKenna, Philando Castile. Could be you. Like, it's just too much. And I know, I know, I know, vote in November. Look, I plan to. But please, politicians, don't politicize black pain to scare me into voting because these injustices happen under Democrats too. It doesn't matter what party is in power because, once again, this isn't about civil rights. It's about human rights. And white people in this country have always looked at black folks as subhuman. So does it matter who's in office locally, nationally, when we've been watching police and damn near everyone else get away with these types of injustice towards black people forever? Once again, I'm voting, but don't politicize black pain to scare me to vote. Don't tell me how the justice system needs to be reformed. No, 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 because that system was never designed to provide equal justice across the board. Okay, when they say justice for all, they were not talking about black folks. Bernie Sanders hit it on the head yesterday when he said in a tweet, Breonna Taylor's life mattered. This result is a disgrace and an abdication of... Justice. Our criminal justice system is racist. Okay, the time for fundamental change is now. Key words in that, our criminal justice system is racist. There is no reforming a racist system. Okay, you got to overhaul the whole thing from top to bottom. Throw it out. The criminal justice system in America is defective product. Take it off the assembly line. Let's build something new because this is not working. I, I don't have the answers. Okay, I'm just telling you how I feel. I hate when I hear politicians get asked about these situations and the first thing they say is, make sure you protest peacefully. We don't need any violence. How about tell that to the cops? Tell them to police peacefully. 
Tell them we don't need any more violence. Hell, show and prove through actions and deeds and hold them accountable when situations like Breonna Taylor happen. And maybe they will slow down on violence. What are the consequences to their actions? They don't lose their pensions. They don't go to prison. What will ensure that situations like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and insert black name here don't happen again? All right, these politicians be having more smoke for protesters than they do the police. You have more smoke for the people in pain than the people causing the pain. These politicians love acknowledging the effect, but not the cause. It's sickening, man. It really is. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I have faith in God, okay? I go to therapy to avoid going crazy. And I think every black person in America should own a legal firearm, and you should know how to use it. That's all I got, black people. That's all I got. If y'all got some great ideas, I'm all ears. But at this moment, today, right now, I got nothing. Just like Breonna Taylor's family got nothing in regards to justice. And if there's no justice, there's no peace in the streets. Okay? And that's the way karma works. In America, almighty America, no one, and I mean no one, can escape the law of karma. Please let Remy Ma give the Jefferson County Grand Jury and Attorney Daniel Cameron the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. You stupid motherfucker. You dumb. All right. Well, thank you mm. for that donkey of the day. I wish I didn't All have right. to do it. Now, when we come back, uh, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. E, what you want to well, usually, say? Yeah, usually well, Angelie you- does ask you here, right? Yeah. This is normally where I would do ask you, but today I want the women to call after Breonna Taylor's family still has not gotten justice. They have not gotten justice for Breonna Taylor. I want to hear what your thoughts are as women, as black women here in the United States. Please call up and let's just vent and get it off, I guess, get it off our chest today. We want to hear from you. All right. 800-585-1051. Call us now, women. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, usually we do Ask Yee here. But with everything that's going on, we just want to open up the phone lines and, and, and speak to everybody. Speak to definitely you women, you mothers, you sisters, you... you. This, oh, man. We want to speak to black women in particular because lines. black women's experience has been really different in this country and around the world when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to feminism, when it comes to our rights, when it comes to being respected. And it's a continuing issue. And we see this right now with Breonna Taylor. No justice for her family. She was killed by uh, police officers. And there were no charges based off of her her getting killed. So we want to talk uh, to black women and talk about how you feel. As you know, the most famous quote, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. And you can see that when it comes to finances, what women get paid. Women get make 82 cents for every dollar that a white man makes, but black women make 62 cents still in the United States for every dollar that a white man makes. So we're always still at the bottom of everything. And I want to get people, I want to get black women to call and talk about how you're feeling this morning. Black women also face police brutality, sexual assault at a higher rate than white women. So I just want to get your your thoughts this morning. Hello, who's this? Hello, my name is Kiana. I'm from Jersey. I just want to know where it's safe to be a black female in this country because 
from a young age, we're taught, you know, you're not safe around your family. You're not safe in your neighborhood. Growing up, you know, you got to be safe. Like, it's always be safe, safe, safe. But where's that place? Because now we're at a point where you can't even be seen sleep in bed. That is scary. Like, I feel afraid for black men, like, with the police and everything that's going on. But it's us, too. Where's that place? Where's that place of safety? It's not happening. It's non-existent. And I'm terrified. It's disgusting that the outcome of this case. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I just want to know how long it's going to last. And, you know, black women right. show up for everybody else, too. So people everybody have to show up else. For us as well. And when we don't, we don't, we get talked about. But where is a place of safety for a black female in America? Anywhere. Yeah, I, I um I agree with everything that that everybody is saying, but I think we're all in the same boat you, when it comes to racism in America. You know, it's a system that's against black people. It was never designed for black people, and we are all in this together. And that's what I think we all need to understand. You know, there there, there was a a black man in that house with her who actually defended her and his residents, and I'm shocked that he's alive. And that's a situation that as a black man. I pray I'm never in. Envy, I, I know you pray you're never in it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, we never, even though we will defend our families, we don't ever want to be in that situation, you know? Well, let's go to yeah. another call. So we Hello? do want to talk about black women in particular this morning. They have a whole organization called Say Her Name that started because there are so many black women that were killed by police officers, and people don't talk about it as much. Well, let's go to yes. another caller. Hello, who's this? My name is Sunny. Hey, Sunny, where you calling from? I'm calling from the New Jersey area, but I'm born and raised in NYC. I'm a Bronx-bred girl. All right, well, let's talk about it. What are your thoughts, Mama? Well, my thoughts are, you know, I'm a black woman. I have a black son. I have a black daughter. Brianna Taylor could have been been my daughter. Um, I'm a professional. I grew up, you know, in hard times. I've overcome a lot. But I just feel like as being a professional, as being a mother, I always have to I always have to have that guard up. I always have to go the extra mile. It's exhausting. And then just to just to come to the, the re- revelation that it, it, it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough. Um, my heart goes out to Brianna Taylor's family. Um, just, you know, just the thought that your child's life does not matter in right. a country that you helped build. All right. Well, thank you for calling, Mama. 800-585-1051. Phone lines are wide open. Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Usually, this is where we do Ask Yee, but uh, today we're doing things a little different. Right, Yee? Yes. Today, we have black women. We want you to call in and just tell us your thoughts. You know, we talk about black women being neglected being disrespected in this country, even financially. The Crown Act uh, just recently is about to go to the Senate now. And even our hair being, and I know it might be something that some people might think of as small, but being discriminated against because of how your hair is worn so much that we had to pass a Crown Act or work on getting something like that passed. Um, So it's just so many different things. Um, More than 80% of black women are heads of their household, too, in the United States. And I wanted to point that out as well. So the fact that we make 62 cents on the dollar in comparison to white men, but still have to be the heads of households. Imagine what that does for an entire family. So we want to get your thoughts on what's going on here. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? 
Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Where are you calling from? Peace, Nicole. Hey, I'm actually calling from Louisville, Kentucky. How are you all? Hey, Charlemagne. I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. How are you? How's it out there? What's the energy like? Um, right now, it's morning time, so the energy, you know, it's kind of still. I'm definitely, like, hurt. Like, I was crying before he even came out and said it because it's kind of like, you know, everybody pretty much knew, you know, once they took the settlement. But, um, you know, they're still protesting. They, You know, of course they want them charged, but... You know, it's just, it's very sad. And I just wanted to also say that I do um, agree with LeBron James' tweet because it is hard for a black woman. It's like we have to go out in the world and fight the world and, you know, try to make it and be successful. You got so-called fake it till you make it. And then you come in at home, you got to have peace in your home, make sure you have peace in your home. So, you know, it's just really hard. And if we just stick together, you know, but... um Right now, like I said, there um, everything's like kind of peaceful. We got a nine o'clock curfew for the next couple of days, um, and I mean that's pretty much it at the moment. <laughs> I can say that. So, but yeah, all right, it's pretty sad. <sighs> yes, it is. All right, well, thank you, Mama. All right, let's go to another line. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is India. Hey, India. Good morning. Talk to us now this morning. It's emotionally draining. <laughs> I find myself holding my daughter a little bit longer in the morning. Because mm-hmm. you just, you never know. You never know what a-hole is going to fool you over that day. Um, our life is less, ha- a, a role has more value than a life, I guess. Um, I mean, granted, fear for the safety of the family, you know, that was behind that wall. But at the end of the day, I knew what was going to happen. Um, I have a family member who, you know, she kind of sort of works within the um, GA here, um, in North Carolina, and, you know, we talk about it every day. I have a friend who's in the healthcare field, so she deals with patients with mental health, and, you know, we, we intertwine and talk about it every day. I'm low-key in education, so it's like, as a black woman, like, what, what more can we do? It's, mm-hmm. it's just really draining. Right. It's just really draining. We just need some support. It is very draining. And people yes, do. Well, I... very draining. <laughs> Like I have to, well, like, I'm on my way to work now. I work with kids. I'm in childcare. I'm on my way to work now. I have to get ready, put this smile on my face for parents, but I am trained. <laughs> imagine. Could imagine. My well, yeah. What Angela Yee said just now is very important. It is about support, and I just don't want black women to feel like they're alone because that could be on Taylor. That could be our wife, our daughter, our sister. sister when, when, mother. when things like this, yeah. yep. When things like this happen to Breonna Taylor, it impacts us all. There is no black women have it worse when it comes to racism. Black men have it worse when it comes to racism. We have a whole system against us, a whole system oppressing us, a whole system that isn't providing justice for any of us. So I don't want sisters to feel like they're alone because for every Breonna Taylor, there's a George Floyd. For every Sandra Bland, there's a Philando Castile. For every Natasha McKinnon, there's a Tamir Rice. So yes, I want sisters to vent, get it off their chest, but I need everyone to know, black people, we are in this together. The system is against us. And while y'all fighting, we as black men are here to defend y'all because I'm going to die by mine and I don't think America understands the position they are putting us in as black people. I really don't think they get it. All right. All right. Well. And I, I want to recommend a book that I just started reading. It's called Invisible No More, Police Violence Against Black Women and Women of Color. It's by Andrea Ritchie. So just to get some more insight into the history of what's going on in our country. And yeah, that's just the support that we need for people to pay attention when it's black women also. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way. What are we talking about? Yes, and let's talk about Kanye West. You know, he's been calling out these labels, and he got called out as well. So here's what he said he's about to do for good music artists. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. So Kanye West has promised to return his 50% share of all good music artists and masters. And he actually challenged Universal to do the same. He said, I'm giving all good music artists back the 50% share I have of their masters. Now let's have Universal match me. Huh. Um, if if Kanye doesn't follow through with that, then we know he's full of it because he didn't tell people that he owned the masters to his good music artists when he initially went on his rant. So all good music artists need to save that tweet. Not sure it's, in a, not sure it's good in a court of law, but save it anyway. Well, I mean, he has to stand by his word since he's been talking so crazy. He has to stand on stand on his word, right? Now, Big Sean responded. Big Sean responded. Thank you. This would help so much. And designer said thanks, and he put the one (laughs) hundred emoji. I I hate knowing what I know, um, but I wish Kanye West would tell people the whole truth. Like he's not telling folks that he renegotiated with Def Jam. Universal four times and chose the money over his masters every time. He's also not telling people that he owns the masters, the Yeezus, and every album after that. He's talking about slavery as a choice. No, signing those record contracts he signed is a choice. That was really a choice. He also also tweeted out, I'm not releasing nothing on Gap till I'm on the board. And he said, I'm wearing Jordans till I'm on the board of Adidas. I was confused with that. You have your own sneakers. It's not like you have a part. No, you have your own sneaker. You're not an endorser of Adidas. You have your own Adidas and you want to wear Jordan? Maybe just like Jordan's better. I don't know. Well, at least he's wearing another black man sneaker. And I just want the record to show that uh, I sit on the board of the Black Effect Podcast Network, a network that I am majority owner of with iHeartRadio. But, you know, those type of things have to be negotiated beforehand. But what do I know? All right. Now, Ed Sheeran, as you know, is being sued. And that is for using Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On for his 2014 song, Thinking Out Loud, using the harmony, melody, and rhythmic components. Uh, so I want to play both songs and I want to hear if you think that this is official. So honey now take me into your loving arms kiss me Sounds very similar. Um, I can definitely hear some some what do you call it? An interpolation. Yeah, interpolation. Yeah, you could definitely hear yeah. some Marvin Gaye ish in there. So so what what are they doing? Are they snowing? Well, Ed Sheeran's Ed Sheeran is responding to the lawsuit, and he responded when it first was filed. He said that the chord progressions and drum patterns were extremely commonplace in the public domain and unprotectable. All right. Well, the song "Let's Get It On" was actually co-written by Ted Townsend, so it's the Townsend estate that is seeking songwriting credit, and they want a portion of the revenue from the song. Now, Townsend family did file this lawsuit against Sharon back in 2016, and a couple of days ago, Ed Townsend's daughter, Catherine Townsend, just spoke out about this, and she said, uh, "Theft and bullying has been the only priority of the record label's agenda. It stopped today. Sony Atlantic and all the rest of them were coming for our 40 acres and a mule plus and interest, and know that we're not going to be silent. It don't stop till my casket drops." Yeah, Ed is a great guy. Uh, he's not a vulture. He's not a thief, so I'm sure Ed would rectify that situation if, if there is indeed a problem. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Academics says he had a conversation with Quavo and Offset, and that's after he was saying that the Migos fell off, and here's what he had to say about their conversation. I spoke to Offset. Your suit's my man, Offset. And I'm not going to lie, yo, I, w- I want to really give him credit for being mad reasonable in understanding and saying, hey, yo, listen, 
I listened to the segment and I felt you were saying some that we needed to hear. He literally said, I want you to expound on those things. And we had like about 30 minute conversation where for the most part, he was listening. He was like, yeah, he asked me what feels different. What looks different? Why, why do you think this is happening? And for him, it was about gaining information. All right. Man, y'all like there's nothing to worry about there. Y'all putting too much pressure on artists, man. Migos been around for damn near a decade. They have changed hip hop, you know, like like you're not going to be that red hot artist every year. You can only hope to be consistent. And I would think the Migos were consistent. They, they just put out solo albums last they year. They definitely consistent. just have Offset just They're had the record clout with Cardi B last year. Like I don't I don't I, I to say that they fell off is no, nice. they ha- they haven't fell off. No, they haven't fell off, and they stay consistent. They stay in the clubs. They stay in their lane. They stay on the radio. They are consistent. Plus, it's a COVID year. We don't know what artists would have been doing, you know, if they weren't sitting at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I just, I just think y'all putting too much pressure on folks, man. All right. And Kodak Black is asking Donald Trump for help. He wants him to commute his prison sentence. His attorneys sent a petition to Trump, and they're asking to cut Kodak. A little bit of a break. And so they said that Kodak was sentenced to 46 months behind bars in his federal gun case. They said the average sentence for that is 18 months. So they're just asking for some help. And actually, Kodak Black's attorney was a contestant on The Apprentice way back in 2005. Trump probably like Blacks. I commute Blacks all the time. We've commuted Blacks through the first step back. I'm not commuting anymore, Blacks. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now we got a shout to Mike Hill for joining us this morning. Yeah, shout Move out to, to Mike, Mike Hill. Hill, his book, Open Mike. And he is pretty honest on there. He says some things in that book that I was like, wow, Mike, I can't believe you would like this. But it's a great I love, read. I- I love all black people, especially black men holding themselves accountable for any of our past BS. And I think that we have to create safe spaces for for black men to be able to express their brokenness without being a quote unquote canceled, whatever that means. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive note, so don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Yes, and as always, I want to encourage people to be involved in the process and to vote. When it comes to driving change, there is no action as powerful as casting a vote. So Levi's is teaming up with Rock the Vote to help get as many people as possible registered and ready to vote this fall. So make sure you vote about it November 3rd. Text Levi's, L-E-V-I-S, to 788-683. That's L-E-V-I-S to 788-683. That's how you get your key dates, election reminders, and all of the voters' info from Rock the Vote. All right. Well, it's time to get up out of here. Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, the positive note is simply this, man. Uh, I know all of us are going through something today, but control your emotions. But controlling your emotions doesn't mean avoiding your emotions. Feel your sh- Understand your sh- But don't lose your sh- Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?